0: Did you know a fire department responds to a fire every 24 seconds? October is Fire Prevention Month, and we have teamed up with First Alert, the most trusted brand in fire safety to help protect your entire home with safety that you can trust. Smoke and carbon monoxide alarms help provide an early warning in the event of a home emergency. And having enough first alert smoke and carbon monoxide alarms is one of the best things that you can do to protect your home and family. Install alarms on every level and in every bedroom of your home. Once those alarms are installed, it is important to maintain them by testing them with regularity. Also remember, the alarms do not last forever and they do need to be replaced at least every 10 years. If you cannot remember the last time you replaced yours, it is best to replace the unit completely. And for a replacement option, my favorite is First Alert's 10-Year Sealed Battery Alarms. 10-Year Sealed Battery Alarms are convenient and they eliminate the need for battery replacements for a decade. For more information on fire safety products safety tips, and educational activities that you can do at home with your family, go to firstalert.com slash fire prevention month.
1: Jack's mind and Drew's mind, they did not just become this way just all of a sudden. No, I believe in every moment, they have a decision that has to be made, a perspective that has to be taken, and then because of the way that they choose to hold on to that perspective, and then it's followed up by action. It's then the behaviors that flow from that that makes them who they are.
0: Hey, what's cracking? Welcome to the Jim Rohn Podcast, episode 192. Thank you very much for finding your way back to the original side hustle. You made a great decision. There have been 191 of these already, and they have all been worth the listen, and today is no different because my guest is former NFL quarterback and current QB coach, John Beck. John was the 40th overall pick of the Dolphins in the 07 draft at BYU. Initially, he was groomed to take over as Miami's QB of the future, but for reasons mostly out of his control, that future never really materialized. Not the way he expected. Now he's applying those hard-earned lessons as a quarterback, coach, and guru with 3DQB. And he's working with the likes of Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Zach Wilson, among many others, which means we have a ton to get to today. So let's get right at the conversation. It is episode 192 with quarterback coach John Beck, and it starts right now. So, John, I think you've got a really interesting story and a fascinating business and a client base. So there is a lot to talk about. However, let me first say I'm pumped up to have an opportunity to have this conversation. Thank you very much for doing so. How are things? How are you living?
1: Going good, man. It's full swing and football season. So a lot of ball, a lot of watching tape, a lot of talking with quarterbacks.
0: No doubt about that. All right. So listen, you're having a huge impact coaching and mentoring both young quarterbacks and veteran quarterbacks around the NFL. You've got a lot of clients, John, that I want to talk to you about. But for those who do not know your story, I think it's a really interesting one in and of itself. So let me start right there. For instance, you had a really nice college career at BYU. You were taken in the second round of the 07 draft by the Miami Dolphins. For those who do not know, what kind of an NFL career did you have and how would you describe the experience that you had as a pro player?
1: Well, it was an experience that, you know, uh, had its frustrations because from the get-go, it's not what you thought it was going to be. Um, I was really excited to be drafted to Miami, excited to, you know, potentially be their future quarterback, and in an instant, it felt like uh, things just turned so fast. You know, our team's 0-9. I get named the starter. as a rookie. We go on the road. We lose games. I play like a rookie. I have a poor game here, or there, and all of a sudden, the entire organization that picked me is gone, and everybody in the building that had me in their plans is gone, so it's, it's a weird start to an exciting time, um, and then, you know, I bounced around. I, I went and reunited with the coach that drafted me in Baltimore, and I spent years as a backup, and then I have a really cool opportunity to be traded to Washington and get with Coach Shanahan, and the first day that he met me, talked about he saw what happened in Miami, and you know, was going to give me an opportunity to compete. And it, that part was exciting. I, I I loved that opportunity to compete. I wish it could have gone differently. Um, that was the year of the lockout. And I knew I needed time in the system. I knew I needed to, you know, improve as a player, be a starting quarterback. And that was an exciting time. It didn't work out like I wanted. Um, I was able to spend another year with Gary Kubiak kind of because of my ties in Washington with the Shanahan system and it being so close to what Gary ran in Houston. I got to spend a year in Houston. And that was it. Um, you know, I did not get to have the type of career I was hoping to have or thought I was going to have, but I experienced a career that taught me a lot. I learned a lot, created a lot of relationships with coaches that are now all head coaches at different places, and because of those connections and relationships, and, and then building 3DQB with my partner, Adam Dado, we've been able to really kind of thrive in this quarterback world, and I use a lot of those experiences as a rookie, as a quarterback in Washington where it's not always the ideal situation you learn a lot from that you grow a lot and I try to take those lessons and help quarterbacks
0: All right. So this is exactly why I said your journey is really interesting and your story is really interesting. There's a lot to unpack there. So let me just pick up on some of this. For instance, like you go to Miami and they said, you're our guy. And they meant that. And it was true. And so things don't go the right way. And to your point, all of a sudden, everybody who was in that building the day you were selected is suddenly out of that building. So let me ask you this, like how much of what a quarterback or any player for that matter, their success or potential success has to do with situation and fit, namely, John, things are out of their control.
1: Yeah. You know, you've talked to any quarterback in the league, coach in the league, people that have been through it. You can go to the ones that have succeeded and the ones that haven't. And they all say the same thing. Timing is everything, right? And you'll find a lot of the quarterbacks that have had success, that are humble guys, they recognize it. And they say, you know what? I was really fortunate to have this situation because it helped me. It gave me the space I needed to grow and develop early in my career. So I could become the quarterback that I ended up becoming. Had I not had that opportunity, I don't know what would have happened, right? And so I tell all these young quarterbacks, look, like you're going to get picked by a team. It's unlike college. In college, you get to pick where you go, and the pros, they pick you, and nobody knows how the situation is going to unfold. There wasn't a person in that building in Miami that could have anticipated us, you know, not winning a game until like the second to last week of the season, whatever it was. But, And then who would have known that a brand new head coach, our GM, everybody, the owner sold the team, like you just don't know those things are going to happen, and. Yes, you land in situations that don't always help you. And because of that, with all those things out of your control, you do need things out of your control to go in your favor that do help you.
0: Hey, check this. From the very first moment I sat in my ex-chair, my body immediately was like, ah, this is incredible. This is what a real office chair is supposed to feel like. I'm telling you, I never actually look forward to sitting in my office until I got my ex chair and now I do. Fact, you tell me this, can your current office chair give you a massage while you're working? Mine can because I've got an X chair. Can your current office chair heat up or cool down? My X-chair can. And it's all in the L Max massage and temperature regulation, exclusively designed and made for X-chair. And once you feel that customized support of X-chair's patented, dynamic, variable lumbar, or DVL, your back will never, ever be happy in any other chair ever again. Take my advice. Try X-chair for yourself risk-free for 30 days. Once you realize how much better your chair should be, you will never go back. Go to xchairrome.com right now. That's the letter X-Chair-R-O-M-E.com or call 1-844-4X-Chair and get 100 bucks off your order. X-Chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. xchairrome.com. So, very clearly, you have a lot to share in terms of experience with the quarterbacks that you work with. You mentioned the Shanahans. Like, you end up in Washington and you're playing under Mike Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan. And obviously, John, their thumbprints are all over the league right now. So, how significant was the time that you spent with those two? I mean, it was a
1: really cool experience. It was, you know, heartbreaking at the same time. Um, there was an excitement to be there. There was an excitement the day I got there where Mike had basically said, I watched what happened in Miami. I had you high on my list when you were coming out. I saw that the situation played out the way that it did. I'd love to give you an opportunity here to compete, so just put your head down and work. That was a lot of fun. Um, I got there late. I missed training camp um, because it was a trade, so I spent a lot of the time having to kind of learn the offense on my own, watch a lot of tape on my own, spend time around Rex Grossman, who helped a lot. You know, So, it, it, again, it wasn't ideal. And then that next off season, it was super exciting because it was an offseason where Donovan McNabb had left the franchise, it was going to be me and Rex competing. It was super exciting, um, and it didn't really play out. Like an offseason would have been great. It would have been great to have OTAs, not have to go through the lockout. Um, but at the same time, I do appreciate the opportunity that Coach Shanahan gave me to compete. It was a lot of fun to be in that. I learned a lot. I got to learn about Kyle's offense, learn about the way that Mike handles his quarterbacks. So many good lessons were learned from what, like I said earlier, was a, a heartbreaking experience because, um, you know, if I could say anything – that I learned the most. And I pass this on to all my quarterbacks. Like sometimes the situations aren't ideal. And sometimes you work so hard, you prepare so hard, you care so much that all of that, like competitive drive, when you pour into something, sometimes in tough situations, it's very easy to try too hard. And at times when you try too hard, you prepare too much. Sometimes you just don't go out there and play the way you're capable of. And, you know, I had a a performances that didn't go like I would have liked and the page was turned really quickly and that was it. But I still look back on those days as, great learning days, and I have taken so many lifelong lessons from that experience that have helped me kind of form the way that I speak to quarterbacks now, and it took me down a path where I wanted to dive into the psychology of sport. I went back to school for a few years through the NFL's programs and got a couple of master's degrees in sport performance and and, and mental performance, so it's been a cool experience, and me taking that, helping other quarterbacks. It's
0: fascinating. You know, I I could relate this to... Adam Dato, who you mentioned, but that notion that you said that you can try too hard. It's kind of like, John, the first time I ever heard this phrase, try easier. I heard that from a baseball guy back in the day, but it's one of the hardest things, right? To try easier. And I think that's what you're talking about, right?
1: Absolutely. I didn't know, like, I, I wasn't good at caring less. And that's one of the biggest lessons that I, like, have learned. And just in my approach and how I am as a teacher and a coach now I take a different approach than maybe had my original approach worked and had I had success, I don't know the type of teacher, coach, and mentor I would be now, but because of what I experienced and saying, oh my gosh, like I I can remember vividly, uh, I think it was my second start. We're going into Buffalo. We kind of are limping into the game. We have five starters that are down on offense and it shows in practice. And I, I'm well aware of it when you're asking young and inexperienced players to play around you. And I wasn't a super experienced player. That was probably only like my fifth NFL start. And so, you know, I felt it. I was aware of it. And at that time in my mind, it was work harder, be so prepared, you know, try to go into the game seeing everything that you can so you can play as close to perfect as possible because that's what it's going to take for your team to have a chance to win. You have to minimize the mistakes. You don't want to have turnovers. Like you got to do these things just so that your team has a chance to win. And, and it's tough to have that letting go feeling happen. you got to learn how to give it everything you got, but also let some things go. And that's exactly that care a little less. It's hard to do, really hard to do, but I've had some really cool conversations over the years with quarterbacks that they find themselves feeling the very same way. The situation may not be exactly the same, but they feel the same way in their circumstances. They're trying so hard to perform so well, and they feel the – you know, the stakes of everything, and they recognize the situation, and in their effort, it's just not the first thing that you think of when you're that competitive of a person to let go. But that's the best thing you can do. Just let go and play.
0: Never bet alone ever again. You can join in on the action by downloading WinBet today and become a part of the newest sports betting app on the market. That's right, WinBet. The luxury hoteliers are now in the digital betting space and they're offering that same five-star service that you're used to from Wynn Resorts, all in the form of a sports book and digital casino app. Get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from football, basketball, baseball, hockey, golf, tennis, and more. Tremendous promos. Odds and payouts are happening right now at WynnBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have exactly what you need to win. Are you ready to play? Sign up right now. Receive a special offer, risk-free, $1,000 sports bet. Download Bet.com. Win. Download the WinBet app right now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you were somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, I, I want to make another baseball analogy, but it's like, turning the bat into sawdust it's like squeezing the bat too tight you gotta give it you have to let go a little bit like I'm jumping around a little bit right now but like in terms of your approach John when you work with quarterbacks are you and I'm not trying to simplify this process in any way but like how much of it is you working physically and with their mechanics and then maybe how much of it is with you working with them emotionally and mentally on the challenges of the position itself
1: Well, a lot of it is the mechanics of everything. Um, Years ago, it was through Drew Brees that I got with uh, one of my mentors, Tom House, because I was still a player. So when I first sought him out, it was all through arm care, arm health, taking care of my body, learning how to train my body the right way for a thrower, and then also what could I do to be more efficient. It was all these things that were kind of geared through the example I saw in Drew Brees when I used to train with Drew. So I go up there. So because of that, the huge foundation is biomechanically, we train these quarterbacks, we train their bodies, we train patterns, movements, everything that we can do to help them be the most efficient throwers they can be. But then I feel like because of my time in the league, having walked in the shoes of a player that, yeah, I've been in some tough situations and I tried this way. And I can tell you what works and I can tell you what doesn't work because in my effort to succeed – I did some things right and some things I could have done better. And so when these guys are working with us, it's inevitable that these conversations are going to come up because these are all human beings. They all experience, they have these emotional experiences through all these different things. Their interactions with their quarterback coach, with the offensive coordinator, the head coach, the wins, the losses, the pressure, the contract, how to perform now when there's expectations that are so high. All these things just naturally come up. And so there's a lot of just free-flowing conversation on our field in between drills, in between throwing sessions, where you just talk from a quarterback's perspective. And it's really cool because although I didn't get to have the great career that I hoped for, I do know exactly what it feels like to play in some of the toughest circumstances you can play in. And these guys get it, and we have these really cool conversations. And then because of that, I get to also hear their perspective. And they are guys that are achieving a ton. These are guys that are succeeding, and I get to hear what they're doing. So then when I'm working with the collegiate guys coming into the league, I get to say okay look here's from my experience here's from the experience of guys that are succeeding here's from the time that I got to watch guys like Drew Brees train all these guys here's now how we can help you
0: so I mean there's again there's so much in that like like what about Tom House like he was in Major League Baseball and he worked with Nolan Ryan how did he become so renowned and so iconic in football circles and you used to work day-to-day with him until he no longer could. Like, what makes him so different and unique? What's your biggest takeaway from being with him?
1: Well, I think it's just the approach, right? There was the approach that the baseball world was taking to pitching that the football world had not caught up to. And there was two guys in particular um, that basically made it their competitive advantage. Like, there are other quarterbacks that had gone and see Tom. Alex Smith, when he was coming off an injury. Carson Palmer, when he was coming off an injury. Because of Tom Brady's time there, Matt Castle had been there. So you had these quarterbacks that had gone, but specifically it was Drew and Tom that, that was their competitive advantage. They were ahead of the game in terms of how they approached taking care of their body, training their arm in their body, and then also mechanically being so sound. You know, like it's funny, nowadays you watch these quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, even the rookie Zach Wilson, they make these throws nowadays that quarterback coaches you know, 15, 20 years ago would have yelled at their quarterbacks for making because they would have said that that's not the way you're supposed to do it. But the reality is because of the sports backgrounds of some of these guys, like baseball backgrounds, they can be super efficient in changing these arm angles. They can make these off-platform throws that there is actually still great efficiency in the movement, in the throw, and you can be just as efficient throwing the football as accurate, and now you can do it from a lot of different angles and platforms, which makes it better for you offensively it makes it harder on the defense so like tom really was just taking these things that he had advanced in the baseball world and because of drew and tom and their approach to trying to be ahead of the game it just like combined to this thing where this was their way of being more precise and more efficient and i just happened to be a guy that had been training with drew for a few years and because of that i landed with tom
0: I mean, what about Drew? Like you used to work with him in the off season and was the connection not Cam Cameron? Is that how was he the one who said you yeah, should work how with Drew? It started. Yeah, okay. Cam
1: Cam Cameron when he drafted me said, Look, you're gonna sit this year, you're gonna watch Trent Green, and then when this off season, when the season ends and we dive into the off season, I'm gonna connect you with a trainer in San Diego, a throwing person in LA, and we're gonna get you set up with Drew so you can see how Drew approaches everything. I mean, it was an exciting time. Like I, I of course I was well aware of the success that Drew had in San Diego with Cam. Cam becomes the coach. This is going to be awesome. He's going to set up with Drew. Well, all of a sudden, bam, we go 1-15, you know, just get flipped up, dumped on my head. It was like crap. And I'm trying to survive and prove to the next regime there in Miami that, like, I'm worth keeping on the roster. Like, you know, it was when I got reconnected with Cam that he's like, all right, let's pick up where we were supposed to be. And so he connected me with Todd Durkin, a trainer down in San Diego, connected me with Drew. Um, and then it was a few years later that I said, hey, I want to prolong the life of my arm. I just called Drew out of the blue and said, look, I'm thinking about my career. It hasn't gone the way I would have wanted, but I believe there's some more football in me. I want to make sure I'm taking care of my arm. I want to make sure any way that I can improve as a player, I find it. And uh, he's like, all right, like, let's get you up to Tom. And that's how, that's how I got to Tom.
0: When you want to find great rates, organize your finances, or just make smarter money decisions, LendingTree is here for you. With the LendingTree app, you can see all your bank accounts at a glance so you can better understand your spending and your saving and build a budget that works for you monitor your credit score, explore ways to improve your credit, get automatic alerts to protect your identity, and LendingTree can make sure you're getting your best deal on loans, insurance, credit cards, and more through their wide network of banks and lenders. LendingTree also gives you personalized tips and insight into how to save money and reach your financial dreams. For more than 20 years, LendingTree has helped millions of people simplify their finances with trusted education, expert advice, and comprehensive services. There are no subscriptions, no fees, no hassle, just easy, honest, straightforward support to make the most of your money and achieve greater financial health. Download the free LendingTree app right now and get started. See why thousands of people turn to LendingTree every day for smarter, easier finances Terms and conditions may apply, NMLS number 1136. So in terms of Drew, like, what when you look at him, and you know him as well as anybody, what is it, that? what's his separation? Like, is it the beautiful mind? Is it the process? Is there anything physically that's exceptional or different about him? What makes him the GOAT, or one of the GOATs?
1: I would say his drive. Right. Um, I, like, I love the dude's drive. One of some of my most favorite times in my life, we're pulling up to fitness quest 10 in san diego getting out of the car there's drew on the treadmill getting ready warmed up and we know like we're going to have a workout for like an hour and 20 minutes and then we're going to go over to the field and we're going to throw like it was so fun to be there because how driven he is shows up in everything that he does from the way that he does every training thing from the way that he goes through all of his stuff pre and post from the way that he approaches the field, right? And the guys that have an opportunity to be around him, they get to kind of soak that up and you see it, but it's, it's a separating factor. Now, also Drew is an exceptional athlete. People don't give him enough credit for the type of athlete that he is. You can pick up a bunch of different games and he'll whoop people's butts in the majority of them. Like there's a little hand high coordination ball drill that we would play all the time. It would be like Darren Sproles, a bunch of other players and drew wins like 95% of them. Like he's just He's so driven. He's an athletic dude. And then, just like you talked about, he has this, this great mind of how quickly he can process things. The other thing that I love is we throw over at this high school, and I can s- still remember the day. I'm watching him throw like nine stops, a nine-yard stop route. And I watch. He takes about three to four reps of it, and every rep is different. And I, I recognize it, so I say, why did you just do that? Tell me why on this rep you did this, on this rep you did this, the next rep you did that. And he's like, because. In a game, I'm going to have three different, you know, three to four different types of ways I'm going to get to my nine stop. Sometimes it's going to be front side. They roll safety away. I know I'm going there. Uh, like there's other times where they're going to hold the shell a little bit longer. I'm going to take my eyes down the middle. I'm going to get there late. And he went through all these different ways of how he got there, and he was practicing all of them. And I've used that little cue to all the quarterbacks that I train, saying, look, train this way. And it's because I saw that's how Drew approached everything. So it, to me, it goes back to that drive. Why did he come up with that on his own? It's because he was so driven. He was finding ways to excel. And that's why what's the separating factor? It's the guy's drive.
0: I love that answer. I've asked this question so many different times over the years, and I have to ask you, so the drive, right? So inherently, where does that drive come from? Is he hardwired for it, or did he manufacture it and develop it? I've always been fascinated by this. Why, Why is that particular guy that driven?
1: Well, I think, you know, it'd be impossible for me to give the exact answer. It's only my opinion. I think there is hardwiring. I think there's hardwiring for sure that he's made like that. Like I can refer to another person that's the same way, Dak Prescott. Like Dak is just exceptional in the way that he is mentally put together. He's so driven. He has such a great mind for overcoming challenges, adversity, obstacles. Like he is so good at that. And I look at like, where does that come from? Right? Like, Some of it is how they're wired. Other bits of it is how they approach the experiences that they go through life throughout their entire journey. How did they approach a certain obstacle that they had at 10 years old, 12 years old, 16 years old, 18 years old? To me, it's like stacking bricks. It just builds upon one, upon another, upon another, upon another. Dak's mind and Drew's mind, they did not just become this way just all of a sudden. Or like they weren't born into this world. Like, well, because you got born into this world, hardwired this way, You're just naturally just going to work through everything. It's going to be great. No, I believe in every moment they have a decision that has to be made, a perspective that has to be taken. And then because of the way that they choose to hold on to that perspective, and then it's followed up by action. It's then the behaviors that flow from that that make them who they are. It's why he was who he was at Westlake High School. It's why who he was who he was at Purdue. And it just builds on each other. It's who he was at the Chargers. Like there's moments in Drew's career, young in his career, where like, it looked like the Chargers were going to turn the page. They draft Phillip Rivers. He basically walks into a game knowing if I don't get it done by halftime, they're going to potentially move on for me. Right? Like That defining moment, it's about perspective. It's about how he approached it. It's all those things. You look at who Drew became at the Saints. I bet he can't say, had he not gone through what he went in San Diego, who knows if he's the same guy, but it all builds on each other. And that's what I think is You know, yes, it's hardwiring, but it's also in every one of those decisions that you have to make at those hard points in life. How do you do it with what approach and what perspective? And that's what makes them great.
0: Absolutely love that response. It's like it's intentional living, right? This is not fate. I mean, they don't leave things to chance. They know exactly what they're doing in every single moment. Like they know that life is a series of millions and millions of choices and decisions. And is this choice and decision going to get me closer to who I want to be or not? Like people like that understand that. You've worked with Dak, and I know you mentioned Dak. I'm kind of curious, like do you— Can you share, do you know when he suffered that absolutely catastrophic, devastating injury last year, what was his mindset and process? I mean, do you spend 24 hours thinking like, why did that happen to me? Woe is me. Or how long did it take him before all of a sudden he started getting leverage on it? Like, all right, this is what it is. It's time to go to work.
1: This is going to sound crazy, but this is the whole truth. Dak is one of the most mentally strong individuals I've ever been around. It did not take long. Like, you see that image of him in tears leaving the field, right? And you can just tell he's heartbroken because he knows his season's over. It was not long after that. He was already about the next step. He was already about the work that was going to be done, already telling himself, this will end up being a blessing because I will come back stronger and better because of all the things I'm going to do from this point going forward. And literally, he was putting a plan together for the offseason of how he was going to approach it and how he was going to come back stronger, literally within a day after having that injury.
0: When you watch him, John, does he, like, what do I know? It seems to me he looks as good as he has ever looked. Is he, is he in your mind, is he a better quarterback now than he was prior? Oh, that's tough because, you know, um, I also have certain
1: beliefs on quarterbacks, right? We want to judge quarterbacks a lot of the time based off outcomes Mm -hmm. and saying a quarterback is better because either the numbers prove it or the wins prove it. But, like, I see guys in an environment on the field. I've seen guys improve as throwers, improve on their footwork, improve in their knowledge of the offense, but it doesn't always equate to wins. It doesn't always equate to more yardage because it still is a team game. So, you know, I'm I'm always kind of hung up on – you, know, you see this sometimes in college ball. Some guy's supposed to have a great you know, senior year and it doesn't work out the way and they wonder, did he get worse? I don't see how a player gets worse when they spend an entire year training to get better. I just think it's circumstantial. What is really cool right now is things align. You see this sometimes in NFL, college with quarterbacks. Things align. They've improved. They're playing at a high level. Their team around them is playing at a high level. Sometimes bounces go their way. Things are working. The, the stars are aligning, and right now it looks like that alignment is happening. Like There's some really great play calls that Kellen Moore is putting together. The running game looks really good. they got two backs firing right now. Their tight ends have been really awesome in the screen game. They're picking up yardage. Like There's a lot of good things happening in Dallas. And then with that, here you have Dak that's kind of like forming this story of like he had this injury, he's bounced back from it, he's trained like crazy, he's overcame so much. He, like, the truth is, do you know what Dak did right when the injury happened? He said, I'm going to spend time knowing this offense better. I'm going to dive into knowing this playbook as well as Kellen knows the playbook so that I can be the general out there and I can get us into the right things all the time. It's all those things coming together. And, yes, it looks like Dak's playing the best ball he's ever played. I get because that. of all those things.
0: So clones, what do we want when we're craving protein or we need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. No, we want beef. Pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously. You can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest, that goes with you wherever you go. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality that you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Zach Wilson, really gifted young guy, no doubt about that. I'm an extremely gifted young guy, got up to kind of a tough start, but I understand your point, that you can't always judge a guy by the numbers or the results. But it's a big ask to throw a guy into a situation in New York, in New York of all places, and it's challenging the first few games. And then in this past week, I mean, my man, just absolutely electric and making the kinds of throws and plays that you know that he's capable of. What was it like for you to watch him the first few weeks and then see to see him lead the team to that win, making the plays that he made? What was that like for you?
1: Well, I knew there was going to be bumps in the road, just as the Jets know, just as everybody that's seen young quarterbacks play, right? Like they're, they're asking a lot of him, right? They're making him the day one starter for the Jets. Like, that's a tough task. Um, so you expect those things, right? And I know that he was really disappointed in that loss in New England and some of the plays that, you know, the plays that were made, but that's, that's normal, right? Like I'll always remember this Bob greasy. I get drafted the dolphins, right? There's all this excitement of the team, the new, this and that. And, Bob says, "Hey, look, I just want you to know. Like everybody remembers me for being the quarterback of the, you know, the team that didn't lose. Everybody remembers me for all these great things. But early in the journey, there was a lot of bumps I had to work through. There was a lot of tough games and tough losses, and things that you know really fell on my shoulders. But I grew a lot from it. Just know, whether good or bad, everything that you experience in the beginning is going to help you be a better quarterback. And so when I see Zach and I saw those rough games in the beginning, I just thought the same thing. Like." This is what it is. This is playing through the lumps. This team is devoted. Like, they've picked him. They know he's going to be the guy. They're going to ride those bumps with him. But there is going to be good games, and they're going to be there. And, you know, when he was 0-3 and, you know, we, we talk, and he vents a little frustrations of things that he wished he was doing better, that he knows he can do better, you know there will be a game that will come where things click and some things will go good. So, to me, it was exciting to see that happen, for his team to get a win, I even love that it was there uh, in in, in the stadium where he was at at the um, Patriots game where he had the really rough game. I love that he got to feel the next time he was in the stadium some good things. He got to walk off winning because I just feel like it's just going to build and build and build upon that. And there's still some rough ones ahead. right? Like, who knows, this next week could be another rough one. You just don't know. But uh, it was good to see some good things happen and for his team to also show the excitement around him. I think it all just builds from there.
0: Right. So, John, what about Justin Herbert? Watching him again last night, I mean, this guy, he is special. In my mind, for whatever that's worth, he's just special. This dude is special. What do you make? Like, I understand that the draft is an inexact science and that it's guys' jobs to pick and find faults and whatever but you knew him you worked with him what did you make of all those questions about this guy coming out of Oregon during the draft process I mean is there ever been a bigger waste of time than people spending all that time asking whether or not he's this or that
1: I mean it was look he is so impressive in so many ways Um, when I first threw got got to watch him throw it was just like wow Like, this guy might be one of the most talented throwers I've ever seen. Um, And then getting to sit in the meeting room and go over his tape with him and getting to watch how meticulous he is in his preparation. Like, he has all these awesome, awesome qualities. Um, You know, yes, when you see a throw in a college game that should be completed and it's not, like, that's a valid thing. Like, people that are doing the evaluation process can say, why is this there? the part for me was when he and I got to dive into the why those were happening. And I got to hear his perspective and his experiences. I knew this kid's going to grow and he's going to get it. And when this kid gets it with all the other things that he has going for him, it's going to be really, really special. And he is, I mean, it's like, you watch some of the throws. I went to the Dallas chargers game. and like some of the throws that he is just unleashing and making. It is just like, if you know, ball and quarterbacking, you literally are just like, wow. You just go, Oh my gosh. And he just and he just does them. Every single game he does it. It's it's so impressive.
0: So really quickly, a couple of guys before you go and I appreciate the time you're spending with us. You worked with Jameis Winston. I'm curious how different is he now than he was when he was with Tampa and how has he looked to you so far with the Saints in their offense?
1: Okay, I'm gonna use that same word that I used to describe Drew, the drive. He is such a driven dude anybody that has an opportunity to be around Jameis and watch the way that he trains watch how much he invests into him becoming the best quarterback he can be it you have so much respect for the guy because he works so so hard invests so so much I've watched him grow in his mindset having an opportunity to be with the Saints and be around Drew you know here's a kid that came out of college wins a Heisman Trophy and National Championship Gets named a day one starter. He knows what it feels like. Goes to Tampa. I think was his first NFL pass, like an interception might have even been returned. Like He's been through a lot of stuff, but he's so willing to learn from it. Um, I had a really cool experience with him when we were training, and we were watching a bunch of the interceptions through his career. And he's like, I want to gather everything I can from all of these because he's all about learning and growing. And like his coaches, when you talk to coaches that coach with him, they love his approach. They love how much he gives. Right To him, it's just a refiner's process that he's going through, uh, but I've seen him take a different mental approach because of the influence of being around a veteran like Drew. I think that last year was so good for him, and I've been excited for every single game day. Every single day that I know the Saints are playing, I'm excited to watch Jameis play because I know how much he cares, how much he works, how invested he is, but also ultimately how much I feel like he's been able to grow over this last year in the role that he was in And then now, given this new role of being the starting quarterback for the Saints, it's exciting.
0: Hmm. John, let me ask you one last thing about Josh Rosen because coming out of UCLA, I had really high expectations for him. I've always been very, very high on him. I always liked him. I liked his mind. I liked his attitude. I liked his game. Why do you think it has not happened to him? What's your take on his NFL career and where he might go from here?
1: Yeah, I feel. You know what? I feel for Josh. All these young quarterbacks that I train. I mean, you're you're calling all. You're saying all the guys. Uh, that I had an opportunity to train going into the draft, right? And because of my experience, I always just try to let these guys know, right? Like, look, there's so much out of your control. It's so much about how you just handle the circumstance, right? Josh was in a tough circumstance. Those Cardinals that he was playing for, that was a tough situation. Josh can throw it around the yard. Uh, That's nothing that anybody's ever ever questioned, his ability to throw the football. Um, When you play in tough situations, the things that I've Seen. You've either felt it myself or I've watched others go through it. Sometimes in your effort to succeed in that situation, you kind of talk yourself into throws that maybe you necessarily, your insides, your gut football instinct isn't necessarily wanting to make, but maybe you feel like you need to either because the coaches are telling you a certain thing or you're trying to deliver on something that like maybe you don't know if you see it clearly, so you try to trust it. There's all these things that quarterbacks go through in those situations, and at times they'll talk themselves into throws, they'll talk themselves out of throws, or they'll try to make too much when nothing's there, or they'll try to be overprotective because they want to avoid another mistake. This happens a lot. Quarterback makes a mistake when he's a young player. He hasn't made a lot of mistakes, but all of a sudden it feels like those mistakes he is making is costing his team a potential win. Or maybe it happened in the prior weeks that, hey, had we not had those turnovers, we would have had a better chance to win. Then they go into the next game. And they're so hyper-focused on making sure that they don't turn the ball over because, in essence, they've convinced themselves the reason we didn't have a chance to win was because of the turnovers. So I will now not have any turnovers. When that happens, that changes the way you play the game. So, And I've never dove into this deeply with Josh. I've been around and We've talked. That was a tough situation to play in. I have spoke with some of the coaches that were around him then, and they all say, like, look, that's a good football player. The situation was tough. You know, I think had the situation been different or had he started in a different situation where he got to sit for a while and then play, who knows what happens. So to me, like Josh has found a way to hang around the league because of his abilities. I know that he's growing in his understanding of the game. He's growing in a lot of ways, but it's tough when you're a quarterback and you spend every year having to learn a new playbook. Like, just take this. I'm sorry if this is a long winded answer. No, 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 I like it. I like it a
0: lot. Take your time. I like it.
1: Okay, take a quarterback that gets to play in a system, and let's say he has to go play a handful of games as a rookie. He gets to take all that tape, all those practice reps, everything that he went through, and the following year, he gets to stay within the same system, build upon it, actually use that film to grow and learn from, and then all the film that's there of the starter that was playing or another backup, whatever, he gets to watch all of that. He gets 16 games of watching that system work and his own experience in it, and then that next offseason – He doesn't have to make flashcards to learn a playbook. He doesn't have to go home with a notebook and draw up every formation and every shift and every motion and ask his wife or girlfriend to quiz him on it so that he can in practice call the plays correctly. He's already built that foundation. He gets to build upon it. And then he gets to take all those experiences of the same plays, the same coaching methods, the same philosophies and build on it. That is not the same as when you ask a guy to switch offenses, switch schemes, switch philosophies, go back to the notebook, Go back to the flashcards. You're spending all that mental energy, effort, time in learning a new offense that could be put towards building on an offense. That is a difference maker when you look at quarterback development.
0: Well, I think so, right? Continuity and consistency has got to be everything. How about one last thought? Because I respect so much what I've heard from you in the last half hour. I'm really curious. I am absolutely fascinated. Like, I'm so enamored with Kyler Murray. I think he's one of the most unique guys I've ever seen. Being who you are and what you do, when you watch him, what do you think? What do you see?
1: Yeah, there's a uniqueness to the way that Kyler plays um, because of how much he can do with his feet. He's so good at, like, exploding, settling, taking off again, and then because of his baseball background, it's all those arm angles, right? It's, it's the ability to get the ball out so quick. He just has, like, this unique combination of skills and abilities that I think make the way that he plays the position very, very unique and, and, and how you have to, as a defense, handle his ability to run, his ability to scramble. You know, you've seen that in quarterbacks in the past with guys like Russell Wilson. I think Russell does such a great job of utilizing his feet um, in situations. He buys himself time. He knows when the play's over. He knows when he can extend the play. Kyler has that and then adds this other dimension of elite speed. He's just so speed. Like, he has such a speed element and quickness element to it that, like, it's like another running back, but he's out there playing the quarterback position. And I mean, I just think that's why, like I said, unique is the best word I can use to describe him. And, you know, they're off to a, a great start.
0: And then finally, what about like his arm talent? Like, are there any throws that he can't make? Some of his off platform throws are like amazing, right?
1: Yeah. And, and like, that's it. Like I, I, I tell people all the time, like these, these backgrounds of baseball, especially middle infield positions are so valuable to guys. Um, just because of the many platforms. And I, I I can't remember. I think Kyler might have transitioned into the outfield later on in life, but like, I'll, I'll even say Justin Herbert like, he has a huge baseball background. And, yes, some, some of the throws that you see Kyler make, like where he's open body, his chest, his feet are open, and he can just sidearm flick the ball, you know, that's a lot of things that now I'm going to dive back into Zach Wilson. When we got Zach Wilson out of high school and started working with him, we saw these potentials in armed talent, but because it wasn't matched with a background in baseball – we had to say, okay, how can we then bring these things out in him by almost asking him to do like what a middle infielder would do. And so, you know, he trained for years making these types of throws, like when you grab a shortstop in baseball who's also a football player, they just show up. Well, you can actually build that in a quarterback. He doesn't have to be a baseball player to do it. But you see that in Kyler, that background of those other sports, especially baseball, it shows up in all those just really cool, he'll be like right foot forward, wah, Ball comes out. He's sliding left. Wow. Ball comes out. And it's just it makes him again that much more like when does a player know? When does the defense know when he's sliding left? If the ball's going immediately gonna come out or if he's going to all of a sudden take off with it with his legs.
0: So I promise, John, last question, because you're a dad and because you're a guru and a mentor and a coach and a teacher, where do you come out on specialization? Like what I'm hearing is these guys have an advantage because they play baseball. Should kids specialize in that one sport and do everything they can? Or are you an advocate of play a few sports if you're good enough?
1: No, yeah, I'm totally into the play all sports. Like I just believe like there's a season for everything. Like in our house, my kids, our big thing is just do every sport you can, every sport you want. Like when my son is like, Dad, I see these dudes doing lacrosse. I would love to do a lacrosse camp. Do it because there may be things that you gain from that. I look at like Ian Book from Notre Dame and also uh, Tyler. Oh, gosh, I just blanked on his last name. He's the quarterback there. He went in, in this last game. Um, oh, gosh, Tyler. I'm, I'm looking right at his face. Anyway, big background in lacrosse. And when we would train them, those guys, I would see it in the way that they played the game. You can see where that lacrosse comes through. You, you can see the other sports. Zach Wilson, like his family thought he was going to be a collegiate basketball player. That's where his dad was pushing him when he was younger. He would play like hundreds of basketball games in the summer. Well, you see the explosiveness. You see the awareness in small space. You see basically the, the point guard in him in the way that he plays the quarterback position. All those things are so, so valuable. So I'm, I'm definitely – A big believer in play as many sports as you possibly can. You obviously, though, there are times you got to be smart, right? As you start getting older, you can't have eight sports that you're playing. You got to kind of start to say, the kids, this and it's this, right? And uh, you know, you don't want to be uh, uh, doing tons of sports and never just average at all of them. Like if you want to be great and you want to make it to the highest level, there does has to be a huge commitment. Uh, to a specific sport if that's what you want to do and you know that's the one you want to go play play collegiately or, or professionally, but it always helps to have those backgrounds. Whenever I'm training players, if ever I know that they have time in another sport, I can always use that to help them feel certain things in quarterbacking. Tell me your background. Tell me if you have baseball. Tell me if you have basketball. Tell me if you have lacrosse because if you do, we can know how to help you feel what you need to feel in quarterbacking.
0: Well, so, John, you and I spent a moment or two before we went on the air and started and said it took a moment or two to get this thing together. And I knew it was going to be worth the wait. Listen, I did not mean to keep you that long, but the information was so good and the content was so good. I really appreciate you and I finally coming together. It was well worth the wait. And thank you so much for that. That was a great conversation.
1: You're welcome, Jim. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks again to John back for a strong showing today. He's got a lot to say about that position, obviously, and truckloads of insight into quarterbacks all over the NFL – So it was great to pick his brain and go inside on how some of the NFL's biggest names are thinking and training. If you're looking for more conversations like this one, I've got great news because there is plenty more that came from. Episode 193, for instance, which hits the digital shelves next week. And if you subscribe, it will find its way directly to you and you will not have to go looking for it. So consider taking a second to do so. And while you do that. Let me hit some voicemails. First new message. Romy,
1: this is Roby from Chandler, Arizona. Quick question. Is Slump busting a thing in football? And if so, is it time for the Steelers to start drawing straws?
0: Message deleted. You have no more messages.